Hello and welcome to issue two of the Pull List podcast. I'm your host, George Loftus, and with me today we've got Mike. What's up? We've got Ivan. How's it going? And proving his dedication to this podcast, we've got Ben. Yeah, this is Ben Rick coming to you live from the I-80 westbound into San Francisco. The sky is clear, the sun is bright, and I'm driving. <laughs> For the record, though, he has a Bluetooth headset. I promise. I saw it earlier. And obviously, as you can all tell, I'm not using the video because I am not dedicating uh, my eyes to uh, video hangouts. Yeah, as, as handsome as we are, we, we appreciate you doing that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, let's, uh, let's kick things off. You guys remember us from the first issue, so I don't see any need to really introduce ourselves other than our names. Um, so we can just blow on right past that. Let's get down to it. Um, ben, what did you read last week? So, I'm going to have you start with someone else because I'm about to go through a toll. <laughs> but then you're good. Oh, man, I, I love you, but I fucking hate you sometimes. Okay, uh, Ivan, <laughs> what did you read last week? Uh, I'm going through a tunnel, too. I'll be right back. <laughs> right. Uh, no, last week, um, let's see, three books I got last week. Uh, Swamp Thing 31, uh, Green Arrow. Th- do you want me to go through them one by one, or do you want me to kind of like say them all and then... Uh, let me just, yeah, we're changing the format up a little bit this week. Uh, last week we talked about all the books we read and we thought that was kind of boring. So we're actually mixing up. We're talking about the three best books we read last week. Um, so you can do it any way you want, Ivan, take it away. All right. So like I said, uh, Swamp Thing 31, it's, uh, the end of a short little arc that Sewell has been doing. And that's been one of my favorite things about Sewell's run so far since he jumped onto the book is that. He's doing very short uh, two, three-issue arcs that are very easy to pick up and start reading. You only need a little bit of a reach to understand what's going on. And he's just having a lot of fun with the character and kind of really taking in a different direction than uh, Snyder did when he was on the book. And it's just it's really good. Uh, art this week was uh, Saez and Pina. Uh, they both kind of double-teamed the book there, and it really shows... Another one of the hallmarks is how many different ways can you draw a Swamp Thing. And every issue seems like there's just more and more different forms he's taking on. And uh, this issue especially, he introduces a new part of the mythology that is really going to uh, make things a lot more dynamic and uh, exciting coming up here. So that was a really good book. Um, Next up, we have Green Arrow 31. And it's the final book of the Outsiders War. It's this uh, six-issue arc that's been going on. The last couple months where Ollie's kind of had, he's gone on a globe-trotting adventure, really kind of kicking up the adventure aspects of uh, the book, which is a lot of fun. Again, uh, the standout of this issue, uh, Sorrentino's art has always been just fantastic on this book. And the way he, there is a splash page very, very early on into the book. And it's just, it's so un, there's no words for how, beautiful it is oh i saw that that's the one with like the like hundreds of different like frames on it right 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 it's a bunch of frames superimposed and you get the context really quick of why he's seeing what he's seeing and it's not doesn't really spoil anything for the plot but it's just really really great to see how uh, many different things that sorrentino can do with the art and and lemire is just killing it on the writing I, i mean i don't think i've read a bad thing from him in the last year or two so it's just Really, really good. Solid end to the arc. They're taking a hard left turn, it feels like, going into the next arc coming up where they're going to tackle almost like it feels like a different genre of book. So if you're thinking about uh, coming on to it, I feel like next issue is going to be a really good issue to jump on it. That's cool. And is Lemire staying on the creative team? Oh, yeah. Lemire, Lemire looks like he's going to be on it for the long haul, and I feel like DC is letting him kind of do whatever he wants with it. It's not interfering with... Uh, the rest of the DCU, uh, and he's just having a blast telling stories with some characters that you kind of see underutilized. He's doing a really good job with it. That's great. All right, third book. Uh, next up, we got uh, Batman Superman number ten. Uh, Je- again, Jeff Lemire taking over for uh, Greg Pak this month, mm-hmm. uh, kind of telling his own little story. And I got to say, the thing it most reminds me of is I don't know if you any of you have ever seen uh, Batman Brave and the Bold, but there's a particular episode with Aquaman called uh, Aquaman's Greatest Advent or Outrageous Adventure. Oh yeah. <laughs> where him and the Atom 
shrink down inside of Batman's body uh, to save save the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you've seen that, you've pretty much read this issue. It's Superman and the Atom, uh, the official Atom, shrinking down and jumping inside of Batman's brain. <laughs> and, like, as a... As a, as a standalone issue, it's really, really good. Uh, you can tell they're going to uh, use some of the plot points that they set up and later down the line, but nothing necessarily. Like, you're not missing anything if you haven't read any of the other issues. And if you don't read anything else after this, you're still going to get an enjoyable experience about it, which is something that I, I look for a lot, especially when I'm trying to give books to other people. Right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all they, I have to say. They, they got to be careful if they're going into someone's brain at atom size because that was what set off identity crisis like ten years ago. So be oh careful. yeah, I think com- compared to that, this is a much more uh, lighter take on that whole concept. Okay, good, good. Batman yeah. suitably freaked out when he sees people growing out of his head, but uh, it, even even the art itself kind of lends itself to more. Uh, all ages approach to this. Awesome. So it's, yeah, I've, been, I've been really awesome. enjoying the. Um, I've been really enjoying the. Uh, <laughs> artwork. I think it's. I think it's uh, who's great. artwork? Because that's kind of a tricky subject. Oh. Because you have Jay Lee uh, working on an arc and then taking a whole arc off. Uh, so the first arc I really enjoyed. Ben? Ah. Yeah, no, that was a really good one. And he's going to come. The thing about they're keeping Lee on the book by giving him these six months off to kind of take a break, catch himself. George, what what's so funny? God, it's just like it's Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, like, but yeah. you, you're, you're making excellent points. You're getting me excited for the book, which is great. But it's just, it's fucking Ben in this I'm form. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, Jay Lee is a, is a great artist so. right and i say if he's gonna stay on the title give him all the time off he needs to kind of catch up and do all the interiors and everything like that so this is this is a good solid stand-in for that awesome all right uh michael what books did you read um og sin number one which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. and what was the other one miles morales ultimate spider-man number one that's a long name wow. miles Mor- morales <laughs> Morales, okay. God, so white. Okay, sorry, keep going. <laughs> oh, man, it was freaking awesome. Um, I want to check it out. It was just, uh, it's like, it's a new series, which they introduce you to why they're doing that really easily in the short, in the opening little page. They leave, like, a couple, two paragraphs or something like that they introduce like what's happened um and then they skip over to what's going on and he's like with his girlfriend and they're making out in school and they're not making out but oh wait <laughs> there they are don't they for a second um and yeah, they're, they're hiding in the, the, the stairwell yeah which so, was i guess i guess one of my favorite things about high school yeah that was a, that was a great time yeah hiding in the stairwells. i never did that because i didn't go to high school just kidding. we didn't have stairwells yeah, one story town. <laughs> Anyways, a lot of that yep. she was talking about him, well, with him struggling with who he should tell his identity to. And there's some cool stuff that happens, and I'd say it's worth reading, so everybody should go check it out. I don't want to tell you what happened, so everybody go read it. It's good. If you haven't read anything about you know, Ultimate Spider-Man up to this point. Could you? Do you feel like this is a safe jumping-on point? Like, oh yeah, I can yeah. check out the previous volume. Or... Yeah, no, it's it's pretty easy. They explain kind of in the beginning, and there's some kind of backshadowing in the story. They kind of talked about what's happened before. Um, so yeah, it gives you a good a good enough like exposition. This Ultimate Spider-Man, Peter Parker died. And I, I was able to jump in and understand it just fine with that. Uh, so definitely a good jumping on point, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's way stronger than, like, the an original launch of Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, you know, I, I was with that book since the beginning, and, you know, I have every single trade of it back home. But after a while, it just felt like the same old motions of Spider-Man, just, like, with fresher art and pretending like it hadn't already happened or at least some variation that happened before. But like the greatest thing about this book is that it feels completely new and completely fresh. So yeah. I, 
I really like it. The the new Ultimates line is pretty tight so far. Um, I think Ultimate FF is probably the second best book after Spider-Man. And All New Ultimates is probably the, the weakest of the bunch just because it's forgetting everything that made, like, the Ultimates great before was that it was, like, the big cinematic action movie. And now it's it reads, like, Defenders or something, like old old Defenders. Um, yeah, enough about that. That was just my take. Uh, yeah, that was one of my three books, too. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, also, uh, X Factor number seven came out. And I'm loving that book so freaking much. The whole premise is that, like, now there's, like, an X-Men team that has, like, a corporate sponsor. And, like, that sounds so stupid, but, like, with Peter David writing it, it's just such a funny, smart book. All the characters, you just instantly get an understanding for, just, like, in slight terms of, like, word choice that they have. Like, everyone sounds different. Everyone feels different but they always complement each other so well. So, like, that has to be on my list. Like, that's just a great book so far. And um, my other pick, I had some issues with it, but I actually really ended up liking Original Sin. Oh, gee, Sin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but since we're talking about that later, I, I don't want to choose that. Since we're talking about that one later, I don't want to choose that one just yet. So I'm going to give my third spot to Iron Fist, The Living Weapon number 2. Um I'm a huge fan of that series. Kerry Andrews is killing it, and he's doing everything that made people love The Dark Knight Returns. He's doing that with Iron Fist. Like, he's just giving, like, little snippets. Like, before, uh, before, like, Frank Miller touched the character of Batman, there was no idea about, like, the pearl necklace being broken or whatever. And then, like, Frank Miller introduced that notion, and then, like, that becomes just completely associated with the character now because of one dude touching the character. And, you know, there's just little moments like that in the Iron Fist. I did interview him. Yeah, we talked for like an hour about everything Iron Fist, him getting to know the character, him trying to understand the character. And he brought up so many awesome points that he's addressing in his own series, which is awesome. That, like, this is a guy who didn't just have a vision for the character, but the guy who's also carrying it out and carrying it out well. Like, he's doing everything in that book. He's writing he's doing pencils he's inking and he's coloring that book all by himself which is awesome and like he he talked about how like it's when one person gets to really create every aspect of a book that's when like real change gets to happen because it's like an uncompromised vision it doesn't come down to how well you can explain something to someone else to draw it's like he's the only thing slowing himself down and he's doing a great job so far um issue one was a little slow but really enjoyable, and issue two just knocks it out of the park. Um, such a gorgeous dark tale. It's a little heavy if you haven't read, like, the old Iron Fist series from, like, 2006, um, but it's not, like, over your head. It's just if you read that book, you will be like, oh, shit, that guy kind of deal. Um, but if you haven't read that, you're just like, oh, wow, that looks like a bad man. You know, like, that. that's, like, the only real complaint about it is that, like, as far as issue number two goes of a new series, like, it's a little steeped in continuity, but all in all, pretty enjoyable read. Yeah, so uh, if you guys could recommend one book off your uh, off your list, what, what would it be? Well, I think everybody should be reading Green Arrow right now. I'm caught up in the hype of that character, especially with the finale of the TV show just happening, but I think it's... Uh, so one of the things I hear... Uh, complaints coming from DC's New 52 is that they have a house style of art that uh, every book is kind of starting to look the same. And I feel like Green Arrow is the best example of why that's not the case. And they're really allowed to take it in such a unique direction and play with the layouts, play with the uh, art, play with the writing and how it ties into the art, what tells the story, what doesn't. And, uh, that's definitely a book just is, it seems like a breath of fresh air in the midst of all these other, you know, superhero comics. So. Awesome. That's my pick. Sorry for this green thing. It's like around a hundred degrees in Los Angeles right now. And I'm just pouring ice cubes into a cup right now. <laughs> so so <laughs> sorry for this weird green thing. That's just Looks now, like now out of the shot. It's just a really cool ice cube tray. Um, yeah, sorry. That, that's enough out of me. Uh, Michael, if you could pick one book off your list and recommend it, what would it be? Miles, however you pronounce his last name. Morales. Morales. I'm just going to call him Miles Morality. 
don't do that. Call him Spider. Man. I got it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, call, call him his real name. All right, there we go. Yeah, that that one. It's really good. Like, just don't pass it up. There's some awesome surprises that are in that book. Everybody should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, Ben, if you could. Oh, yeah, just kidding. Not ben. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even realize he was gone. I was just like, wow, this car's really quiet all of a sudden. Okay, yeah, Ben, Ben tagged out, but um, I don't know. Amazing Spider-Man 1.1 came out, so I assume he's going to recommend that because Ben has such a fat Spider-Man boner. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see if I can recommend one book. Um, hmm. I don't know, I, like, I'd probably go with Original Sin just because it feels like this is the book that's going to set the tone for Marvel for the next couple months. Um, yeah. And so might as well get in on the ground floor. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to talk about some uh, some news that, that's popped up. You guys ready? You guys ready to talk about some, uh, some, some news? Some news. All right. Let's start off with uh, let's start off with a big one. Um, 20th Century Fox has confirmed that Channing Tatum will play Gambit and that he will have <laughs> his own solo film as Gambit. Guys, so have you like Superhero 21 Jump Street or Superhero Magic Mike? You clearly know fucking nothing about Gambit as a character. No, <laughs> I from this is the end. I'm gonna assume yeah. they're superheroes. Yeah, no, it's and I feel so bad because like in the comics recently, Gambit has kind of sucked. Like he just doesn't really do anything. Been, uh, like I haven't heard about him even from like I don't read the books, but I haven't heard it's, much about like nobody's really like, mentioning Gambit. Nobody like nobody uses him well, and like everyone who fondly remembers Gambit, it's because of. Like fuck Marvel vs. Com- like Marvel vs. Capcom two. That's why they like Gambit. Or oh, yeah, like yeah. yeah, the nineties cartoon is why they like Gambit. And I get it. He was super cool in the nineties cartoon. He was this dude with an accent who had a deck of playing cards and could just shoot them out of his hand. Like that's yeah, that's visually very cool. I get why that would appeal to kids. But in the comics recently, he hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, he's in X Factor, and he's actually awesome in X Factor. Like the the Peter David so, uh, one that I talked about earlier, and so I recommend uh, that book. I didn't recommend it this week because it's like in the middle of an arc and it's not like a good jumping on point. But that is a book you should retroactively start reading because it's gorgeous. <laughs> is it like the uh, X Factor show? Shut the fuck up, Michael. Um, so like, if they make a Gambit movie, who's the supporting cast for something like that? Like, does he have a some you know regular human characters that? No one really stands out recently. Like, I know he's connected to the Morlocks because, you know, like, he grew up super poor in um, uh, New Orleans. Like, that's why he is, like, a New thief Orleans. because – yeah, sorry, not New Orleans. And that's why he was, like, a thief just because he didn't have anything. And so he's, um, you know, he's the guy who, like, goes up to hug someone and takes their wallet, you know, without thinking twice about it. Like, he's, he's that guy. Um, so I, I don't know – uh, like, otherwise, he's really always tied to Rogue because she's also Southern and they've had, like, romantic trysts, and he's tied to Mystique, too. But, um, as far as, like, he, yeah, he doesn't have, like, a whole lot of standout people that, you know, are there, like, that I associate with him. Yeah. You know, like, at least Deadpool has, like, Hydra Bob, you know? Like, <laughs> at least that character has him, but, like, Gambit doesn't really have anyone. Uh, I can remember, like, who knows? Like, that could be, like, a renaissance yeah. of the character, you know? Oh, like, yeah. This so, could be them setting the tone. Right, right. Nah, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'll go see it, you know, until it completely, completely disillusions me. I'll, I'm still excited for it. I'll, I'll go see a superhero movie. I'll start it on a positive note, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, X-Men Days of Future Past finally had a release date in uh, some territories and it's got like a really high metric right now. Like it's got 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and, um, uh, I don't know. Me and Rotten Tomatoes have had a falling out ever since Man of Steel. I don't know. If I can. Wait, did you like Man of Steel? Huh? Do you like Man of Steel? I love Man of Steel and let's nope. not continue this conversation. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a good way for us to break up. Uh, if we have this conversation, um, but a lot of reviews are saying that like Quicksilver, like a one person, everyone, fucking hated from like the pre-release buzz and hype and stuff from that one photo oh my gosh well let's be honest that photo looked like shit yeah it did it wasn't it wasn't like a good like single or whatever from like the the shoot but um they're saying he's like one of the strongest aspects of that film which is awesome like if 
the thing that everyone was worried about was actually great. Like that's a really good sign for a superhero film because we've been burned before as fans, right. you know? No, um, even in the Carl's Jr. commercial, he's been fantastic. You know, he didn't let a single a single bit of that food touch the floor. So, but yeah, no, I'm 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 optimistic about him from the trailer and just him playing ping pong. It was it was, it was uh, from I, what I like I the speedsters. Hear, from what I've been hearing, he has like a really like hardcore presence in the movie, and he. I was watching an IGN review or something like that, and they said that at one point he kind of steals like the whole show. Mm-hmm. That'd During... be great. Yeah. yeah. Talk about an uh, unexpected boon. Seriously, especially since the character has sucked so much these past couple of years. Um, yeah. And he's actually in X Factor, and he's great in X Factor. So <laughs> you guys should really read that book if you're looking to get into an X Men title that's just starting out. Um, but so that was that was one big piece of news. Um, let's see, next big piece of news, uh, they finally released a trailer for The Flash, which will be debuting on CW this fall. We talked about that a little bit last week. You guys saw the trailer. It's fucking sweet. It is sweet. Yes. Any anything else besides fucking sweet? Um, one thing that I was really scared about when they said they were doing a Flash show, I did not think that it would look as good when he's running back and forth. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like. That's awesome. I'm totally in. And just, oh, it, it looks really good. And I'm hoping, I like the cameo in the trailer between, uh, with Arrow. Oh, yeah. It makes it feel like, like, I want it to be its own show, but at the same time, I want to know, I want to have little reminders here and there that, like, they are in the same universe. Right. So that was cool. When he came in, he's like, uh, do yourself a favor, wear a mask. Like, take your own advice. Yeah. No, I'm so pumped for this show. Oh, my gosh. Like, I thought that teaser we got during the finale of Arrow uh, was going to be it, in, mm-hmm. you know, until they start filming the season proper. But I, So I didn't expect this trailer today. And the, the thing I was most worried about were the, like, the speed force effects, and it looks like they've nailed those. So mm-hmm. everything else, like, they're, he's running around during the daytime. He's saving people on the street. He's having fun with it. He's smiling. Like, this is just... It's going to be a great, great compliment to uh, Arrow and the rest of the CW's schedule because yeah, it looks like it's really ramping up. Yeah, well, especially just because, like, okay, just so people know what we're talking about. So there was a teaser for The Flash where you see Ollie walking up a hill, he shoots an arrow, and then out of nowhere, Barry Allen comes up and catches it. And then Ollie just smirks and shrugs it off. He's like, show off. And then it shows him, like, loading up three arrows. And then it cuts and says, the Flash coming this fall. That was one thing that came out earlier this really week. Really quick, before – so that teaser, could you swap out, you know, Arrow for Batman, Flash for Superman, and have that same kind of buddy-buddy dynamic going on? Like, I just feel like yeah, exactly the chemistry that they're going for there. Mm-hmm. No, for, for sure. And it's great. Because it makes perfect sense. Oh, sorry, but uh, there was uh, another trailer released that was like sorry, five, yeah, I didn't mean it was like it was like a five-minute long trailer that <laughs> showed so much of the pilot, and it just it looks epic. Like if the effects were a little bit better, you know, like right, fifteen percent better, pilot, it, yeah. it could have looked like a like a movie trailer kind of deal. Like it was yeah. just like it looks like they're going for something like that epic for an introduction for the character, and it's great. And to your point, Evan, like, you're totally right. That is absolutely the dynamic they're going for. And I think it's great and smart because, like, Ollie is a dark freaking character on Arrow. You know, like, I'm catching up. I'm still, like, five episodes behind. So, like, it's going to be a fun weekend for me to finally catch up and see what Arrow's been up to um, these past few months. But, like, you know, just having Barry be, like, the optimist and then have Ollie be the pessimist. Like, I think that's a great dynamic that makes perfect sense just because like the one person wants to believe the other. Cause sometimes that's easier kind of deal, you know? Um, and I think and it that's seems like from great. the trailer, they're blowing open the doors on the DCU, mm-hmm. just, you know, particle, particle collider, you know, there's all this open, you know, rift between yeah. dimensions, <laughs> all this energy is going all over the city, creating metahuman. Like they actually use the word metahumans and, I, like, I feel like they're going to use that as an excuse to introduce a lot more superpowers into the mix. And mm-hmm. like, I think one thing that I actually really got the vibe with it is that since DC has been trying to go really serious or whatever, uh, with this show, I know it's not whatever, but um, it, it looks like a comic book show. Like, it looks fun and just, like, he looks like he's having a good time. It's not like, oh, it's... 
like all gritty and I hate my life or, well, I know what's his name doesn't hate his life, but <laughs> it feels really comic booky, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like he, he still has that tragic backstory that everybody seems to have, mm-hmm. but at least in the present day, he's kind of having he's having a good time about it, and you know I'm sure they're gonna do that kind of overall uh, story from episode to episode, kind of dealing with his parent his mom's murder, and they'll come back to that every once in a while. But the episode to episode just seems like it's gonna be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I'm excited. You know, I was ready to sort of blow that show off and just be like, uh, there, there's no way they can nail the look. Like it, it it's not gonna be worth it. Like I'll, I'll watch it like ten episodes in and binge watch it one day just so I can make fun of it. But like, no, man. If that trailer is any indication, then I've got nothing to make fun of. Like it looks great. Oh. Right. And like I heard some people talking about like, oh, I, they wish the suit was more skin tight or something like that. And I'm like, Grant Gustin is a really lean dude. Mm-hmm. I don't think it. I think they're doing him a favor by not making every surface cling to his body. You know, let mm-hmm. it breathe a little bit. Kind of. Well, but that's just a minor cosmetic mm-hmm. thing. So. Yeah, that. I mean, like, the, I don't think there's really any way to make like the original Flash costume work on TV. You know, that's why they're going with, like the new Fifty Two shit and. um Costume looks fine. I don't know. Like it is, when I was a kid, I probably would have cared more. But like now that I understand that this is all just like stand-in for like Greek mythology or whatever, you know, like it, this is like the modern-day equivalent of Greek myths kind of deal. Then like I just I am so much readier to like accept like the archetype. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like if they're trying to convey something, I understand that and appreciate that. You know, like that's all I really need. I, I don't need it to be exact book identical anymore. I'm I'm over that phase. <laughs> Which is good because on top of that news, we also got a uh, a little tease from Scott Snyder, not Scott Snyder, Zack Snyder. Sorry, we got a little <laughs> tease from Zack Snyder, who sad, is directing sad Batman, yeah, who is directing uh, Batman vs Superman. We got an early look at the Batman costume in a black and white photo, which is. Taken by Zack Snyder. I mean, it's not like a it's not like a promotional image. It wasn't done by marketing. This is just like, hey, I want to take this picture. Mm-hmm. We're going to be filming soon. I don't want you know someone to get a crappy production set photo that doesn't look fair. So I'm going to take my own justice. picture of Sad Batman and Sad Batman. Yeah, um, Michael, did you see this shot? Yes, I did. And the one thing I don't understand is why is everybody bitching about the fact that he has short ears. My only thought when he has long ears is, like, what if he walks through a doorway and they get caught? <laughs> <laughs> Batman so, never goes through doorways. He always jumps in through the window or something. Yeah. yeah and, and, I mean, objectively, like, these ears are cooler than fucking Christian Bale's ears in Batman. You know, like, <laughs> like his were so weird because they were rounded in the back but then, like, flat in the front kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. And and these are just, like, all-around aerodynamic. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. He's running and jumping and shit through the air. And, like, it, it looks like a good costume. Like, it looks like it's got the Bat logo from, like, the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns Dark era. Returns. And uh, it's got, like, some of the lines from, like, the new 52 costume. Yeah. So there's yeah, a bit I- of synergy there and the gloves look a little darker than like the rest of the costumes so like i don't know if we're finally gonna be able to see like a gray batman maybe i love that but that would that would be cool um i just i kind of dig that it's not armor it, it looks yeah. like a suit it doesn't look like a suit of armor anymore it, it just there's none of that huge segmentation that i feel like some artists get wrong in the new 52 with like superman's costume and stuff like that I, it just feels like a good complement to uh, Superman's suit in Man of Steel, like that material versus Batman's material. And I don't know. It, it's shaping. I'm fine with everything. How, how it's going. What about the, the Batmobile? Unsung Bat- hero of this Batmobile movie. is confusing me. I still don't know how to feel. Again, nothing, nothing worth getting angry about. If you're getting angry over a movie that stars a man who dresses up like a bat to scare criminals, like you're a fucking idiot. Like get, get out of here. We don't want <laughs> go, you. Go here. see something else that you like. Yeah, we don't want you here anymore, man. Just like leave. You know, like this is a, it's a fucking Batman movie. Of course, like it's, <laughs> everything's gonna be ridiculous. It's like I'm not angry about it, but like it looks like a Doom buggy kind of deal. And, like, the only thing, I'm just like, well, it looks like it'd be really vulnerable to uh, to gunfire in the front. Like, that was, like, my thing, like, right off the bat. It was just because, like, the wheels are so exposed. Right, right. No, I, I get it. I get it. it but it is kind of nice to see it's not the tumbler. 
mm-hmm. which thank God I love I like the Tumblr and I like what it did, but this feels more sporty. You know, it has more of a dramatic flair to it, and you know, let I, I was about to say less out of place on the streets of Gotham, but there's nothing about Batman that is in place on the streets of Gotham. Right. So. I don't know. For my for my money, like the best Batmobile is still Michael Keaton's Batmobile. Uh, I absolutely love that design so much. Um, yeah, that was that was a god. That was such a great Batmobile. And so like nothing's ever gonna top that in, in my head. Maybe it's because I was like four years old when I saw Batman Returns. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, those were some of the bigger news items. Um, other than that, I uh, note. Um, look at the picture I just sent you. Picture. Breaking the fourth wall here. Sent, sent, sent me where, bud? Yeah, Facebook uh, chat. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, supposed to be what is, not saying this is official, so mm-hmm. no, nobody pull shit on me about this. Um, that is supposed to be an official, it's supposed to be an official picture of what the Batmobile from the, uh, from the new movie Sequel. is supposed to yeah. look like. The back looks very similar to what is in the picture, like the uh, windows or whatever. So I'm pr- it looks pretty legit to me. Yeah, uh, and it, if this is true, it looks like it's uh, it looks like the F-117 Nighthawk, which is a stealth bomber, which would make perfect sense, you know. Yeah. Um, like that's just like that seems like Batman style. Uh, we'll include the photo in the uh, <clears throat> in the link yeah. for for this issue. Um, yeah, let's see, that was some of the bigger news. Um, some books that I really like are Punisher and Black Widow, and they're both written by the same person, and they're getting a crossover this summer, so I'm actually excited for that, but that isn't anything we really need to jump into. Um, Superior Spider-Man is getting, like, an extended life, kind of. Um, He's coming back. <laughs> yeah, so Superior Spider-Man ended, but uh, this summer, this fall, some people are going to go back and explore more issues Um some hidden stories that we didn't see of Otto Octavius as Spider-Man. And so that just proves that, like, they just, they just want to like, people want to see more uh, Doc Ock Spider-Man, I guess, you know, I, he, I think like at the beginning of that whole superior Spider-Man run and the arc leading up to it, people were kind of ragging on it. Oh, you know, this will be done uh, just in time for the Amazing Spider-Man 2 to come out. You know, Peter Parker's going to make this one last, this one last, and whatever, it didn't last. But I feel like Doc Ock really grew on everybody as uh, a character. And he, if he can't be Spider-Man and, you know, in continuity, maybe they can always go back and tell stories about when he was because he obviously was up to a whole lot during his tenure. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. That sounds good. Yeah. Real quick. I just want to talk movies for five seconds, literally five seconds. I just want to know, have all of you seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 yet? Nope. No. Okay, and are all of you going to go see X-Men? Yes. Yes. Okay, there we go. That's all I want to know. I'm still, <laughs> like, if we finish up early enough here, I could actually still go catch, like, a 10 o'clock of Spider-Man downtown. So no, wait, man. Godzilla's tonight. Oh, you're so yeah, lucky. No, you're right. I'd much, I'd much rather see that. Ah, uh, it, it was choosing between going to a seven o'clock showing a Godzilla or coming to this podcast. I'm sorry. So. I, I don't know. If you know <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. This should be just like a two man podcast. Like men should never have even tried to call in. Um, yeah, I should have just dropped out. Yeah. yeah. Like, no explanation. Wait, was <laughs> it you guys okay. next week? <laughs> nah, I like you guys. You're too sweet. You're too sweet. Um, so what else? I don't know, like, that seems to me like the biggest news stuff, like, um... Oh, wait, on. Did we talk Constantine? Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Constantine trailer came out as well in the past week. And, uh, he's not smoking a cigarette, but it looks pretty awesome, regardless. Someone found one photo of him with a cigarette in his hand, so there's still hope for that. Okay, good, good, good. Um, I don't think they're probably gonna have him smoking it. I don't know, that just seems... Well, it's just know, from what I've been hearing, that's like their TV no-no or something like that. Yeah, but it's just it's one of those things where people are like, "Man, I really like this character because I can relate to him," and like, I love smoking cigarettes, and so like, <laughs> this is the character that I can relate to. Um, and they're just taking that away. Um, it's kind of like, wait, they have to explain somehow that he has lung cancer, and they have to like kind of show that he doesn't give a shit, really. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know, I get, man, it's one of those things where. 
it's like one of those n- maybe nitpicky kind of things where you you get hung up on it because cosmetically you want it to look like what you know from the books and everything. But if they even allude to it, like every once in a while, you know, I'll pack cigarettes here, a lighter here, or he's just about to light it or something like that. That's fine. Whatever. There's He made a column of fire. <laughs> That's what we should be talking about. Yeah, I'm oh no, I, I, really, I really don't care about the cigarette thing. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of do because they need to explain why he is in such a shitty position. But that's it. Like, they just need to come up with another reason to explain why he's in a shitty position. And then I'm so happy. Because, again, that's the archetype of the problem. That's not doesn't have to be the same specific problem. Um, mm-hmm. But, damn, dude, that trailer looks awesome. I was not expecting very much from NBC, to be completely honest. Yeah. Fair. I really didn't think they had it in them to, like, really bust it out and show, like, production quality. But, damn, dude, that trailer looks excellent. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm excited for that show. Yeah. I didn't really notice this till later on, but it's uh, Edward Kenway's voice actor playing the main character. Didn't yeah. really notice that. That's I listened. I was like, that voice is familiar. Yeah, for those of you who uh, aren't into video games, that is the lead character in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. So that was like the big Assassin's Creed that came out last year, and it is the same actor. And they um, are not hiding his accent at all. They are just no, full front. No. If you don't understand this, turn on subtitles. That's fine. <laughs> that's one thing I do love about it is just because like we're in America they can say stuff that they wouldn't be able to say like bollocks is a swear in England like it just is it's like saying shit kind of deal but because it's British and we're in America like you can just say it because we're like oh look at that he's speaking a British slang word ha <laughs> ha but it, like it really is the equivalent of going like oh shit or like fuck like it's it's that same thing but no one's no one cares because it's adorable because <laughs> it's adorable in British and he's saying it with an accent right right I think everything about that trailer was just, like, perfect in terms of, even if you don't read comic books or have no idea who Constantine is, I think just that trailer, like, captured everything everybody needs to know about what this show is going to be. Because it looks it looks just, it looks epic, it looks kind of creepy at points, which I didn't know if they would really be able to do that, and then I thought about Hannibal. Um and it, it looks like it has that funny point, like where at the very end he's walking out or whatever. He's like, she started it. <laughs> yeah, that woman in the trailer, she who the female lead probably, um, is she somebody that I should know about, or is she a new character for the show? Do, um, like I just don't know anything about her. I don't know. Actually, I'm not very well versed in Constantine. Like I only read random trades when they'd show up in like the 50% off bin at my like right. local comic book shop back home, just because. I was buying a lot of books back then, and I didn't want to get sucked into another one. You know, it was one of those things where, like, man, I'm spending all my money on this stuff. I don't need to be spending even more of all of my money on it. Um, and so I only know, like, random snippets. Like, I, I don't think I've ever read, like, you know, Mike Carey's Complete Run or something. Like, I don't think I've done that. Um, so I can't actually really speak to the mythos. But, I mean, that's a really good sign that I know the character and I'm excited for this show, you know. Did they say what time it'll be airing? I, I, I don't expect any of you guys to know. Um, I don't think they released a schedule yet. I think CW released a schedule, but I don't think NBC has released theirs yet. All I know, yes, CW and ABC did, and I didn't see NBC. Yeah, and so that's good. Like, Agent Carter is going to be... Oh, yeah, um, that, that got announced. Yeah, well, I don't, well, think, I don't think we actually talked about that, but this was confirmed that... Um, Agent Carter from the Captain America movies will be uh, hosting her own TV show on ABC, which is awesome. (laughs) I guess. I don't know how I feel about it. What do you you mean you guess? I don't know. It just, I don't, I don't really 100% see a point. Like, I get it, but at the same time, it feels... The point for me is that the World War II parts of Captain America the first Avenger, the first movie there, were the best parts. Yep. Yep. And I, it's tragic that they brought them to the, the present day so quickly. So Yeah, that, that was one problem I thought too, especially because like Ed Brubaker at that time had just done so many kick-ass flashbacks of World War II and just made it seem like, no, he's really alone out there. He's the only person who has abilities like this, really, you know, like Human Torch anymore or whatever. But, I mean, like, there was no Avengers. There's no Iron Man. There was no Thor. So it was just, like, learning about Steve in a context where he didn't have his best friends to relate to kind of deal. And it's, like, that was really awesome. And, yeah, they just brought him to the future in the first movie because they had to, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to see, you know, Captain America and the Howling Commandos. I want to see a whole movie of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited about the series, uh, both for... Uh, the actress um, playing Peggy 
And maybe, like, do you think they'll be able to get back the actor who played Howard Stark? They said they are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board. Those yeah. those two characters were so such a good supporting cast in the first movie, and I'm I'm really excited for what they're going to be up to, founding of Shield and all that stuff. I hope it. I hope the first couple episodes do go better than Shield did. The Shield's first couple episodes weren't all they, that. They were they were a little rough. I will admit yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, same with Arrow. You could say. Oh, for for sure. Oh yeah. So, it's, it's, but, but then again, like to, to your to your like credit your point, uh, I thought like in the beginning when Arrow was like really slow, the most interesting shit was when he was like back on the island, like you know. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the this is the equivalent of being back on the island for the show. And also like there's a lot of danger in syncing up with like the Marvel movies. You know, right. like there is some synergy oh. with um, Captain America two, which was awesome. Like the last arc on Agents of Shield comes after the events of Captain America 2 and it was awesome it was so intense and but like other than that there was only like a couple nods like Lady Sif showed up for an episode you know but like not Thor and then I don't want to talk about the finale there was something really cool that happened there but I mean yeah. like this show is a chance for them to have like start building a bigger universe on the TV front you know right right without stepping on the toes of the movies which only come out once a year twice a year kind of deal so like I think that's great and that's smart and it gives them a lot more material and this way they could tell a story in the past as well as in the front they could do a crossover like that especially if they air back to back um and i I think i think the possibilities are really exciting did you guys ever read that shield miniseries by john hickman no No, but i was considering doing it after watching the last couple episodes of shield um Oh, man. Okay, so a couple years ago, John Hickman and uh, I want to say Dustin Weaver was the artist. They got together, and they told a story about S.H.I.E.L.D. before superheroes, and it was amazing. Like, just a whole bunch of crazy, high-concept crap that John Hickman just comes so easily to him. And so, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. was just, like, a, a fundamental concept that has existed for millennia. And so, like, they actually flash back to Egypt, and, like, this one, uh, like, pharaoh there was actually fighting the brood like the alien species, the brood, they tried invading uh, Egypt. Oh, that's great. And they just, they had the symbol of shield. And so it's like a concept that's just like existed in so many different situations. And so like, this was telling like the hidden history of shield and how it's always been there kind of deal. But then like the main story was taking place in the sixties, like with Anthony Stark, or uh, sorry, Howard Stark. And it was just, it was amazing. Like it was so smart and well-crafted. Um, and so if they could even touch, like, if they could tap into 10% of that for the show, I'll be so happy. I'll be so excited. That's one to look forward to. Yeah, if they just start treating it like, uh, like Fringe. But, like, the Fringe of the Marvel Universe, then, like, that's that's all you need to keep nerds like me happy. <laughs> what if you have uh, people like uh, the first Human Torch or Namor showing up in, you know, Peggy Carter or Agent oh. Carter? Oh, my God. Uh, like, yeah, you get... <laughs> Toro to show up, you get the invaders to show up. Yeah, because I can totally play around with that, something that's probably not going to show up in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Also, it's great for Chris Evans, because like, if he ever needs extra money, you know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, how, how easy would it be to be like, okay, wait, what facility were we in? And they cut to a flashback of the invaders taking out a facility, you know. Like, that, that would be great and engaging, and I think that would get people excited to, like, learn more backstory of characters they recognize so easily from the films, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Mm, so that's, uh, I think that about wraps up our adaptation news. Uh, yeah. l- let's move on to topic of the week, which is original sin. OG yeah. sin. OG sin. Yeah. Ivan, you have not read this book, correct? <laughs> no, I have not. I know nothing about it. I saw okay. a white outline on the ground. Uh, apparently there's a watcher involved. I don't know. Okay, cool. All right. Well, this will be good then because... Uh, there's nothing that happens in the issue that has not been given away in marketing for the issue. Yep. So, like, literally everything you've heard about it is right there. Um, so, yeah, like, Michael, you read it. But let's talk about it. What, what, what did you think of, of the opening? As someone who's, like, newer to the Marvel Universe, what did you think of Original Sun's debut? I mean, like, this is a stupid argument, but I'm going to use it. What happened in the first issue is already what I knew was going to happen. So five dollars to like just kind of know what, find out what I already knew 
but just mm -hmm. kind of a little bit more laid out and dragged out. I, I mean, it felt kind of disappointing, but then again, I guess I kind of expected that that's obviously what's going to happen. Besides that, I thought it was good. I mean, like there's, it was, it was fine. It got me interested. Um, they, they're bringing down the price now to $4, um, which is parody with basically every other book for Marvel now. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm all, I'll continue to buy it. I know that extra dollar doesn't count, but when you're buying comic books a lot, it sort of does. Yeah. Um, no, it, it adds up for sure. So is this a line wide event, you know? Um, yes, it is. So pretty much all the, yeah, it's an eight issue limited series in itself, but, uh, it's ramifications will be widespread throughout the, nothing will ever be the same. Yeah. See, like that's the kind of thing I'm getting tired of. Like, I remember there was a marketing for siege when that book was coming out and it would just like show random snippets from like other events from the like 10 years prior and it'd be like, everything has been leading to this. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, bullshit. I'm so calling bullshit. Um, <laughs> And so, like, in that regard, I'm a, I'm a little jaded about this event. But I don't know, man. Uh, there was definitely some issues with the first issue. Um, <laughs> I saw you walking up to that puddle and yeah. was like, I don't yeah. know. He's got to put his feet in. Couldn't get around it yet. There there were some, uh, some complaints about the first issue. Um, the art was either amazing or weird. Um, Who's the artist? It is Mike Deodato. Mike Deodato. Yeah, who is an amazing artist. Like, this guy has been owed an event for so long. Oh, is he going to do the whole event? Or yeah. the limited series, at least? The limited series. I believe he signed up for all eight issues. Um, awesome. Yeah, and so, like, he's an amazing artist. Just, like, the physicality of the people he draws is always epic and cinematic and gorgeous to look at. But there were some points where some of the art looked like it was like trying to be 3d and like some of the character, like just parts didn't blend together always like in the most natural way. Like there were some characters that looked extremely flat, like they were superimposed there instead of drawn there originally. And like, that was kind of jarring. And then there was uh, the opening shot of like the watcher just looking at the moon. And it, again, it looked like a photograph of the moon. And then like the watcher was just like hand drawn over it. And like, that was just kind of mm. Weird. I don't like. I think that came more down to uh, coloring than anything else. Not to bash the colorist because I could never do that. He was amazing. Um, but, but there were some graphical hiccups. Other than that, though, like the characters were just so phenomenally well written. Um, like the interactions between, like it opens up with Wolverine, Black Widow, Captain America, and Nick Fury at a diner, and they were just talking about like the best steak they've ever had. And like, that was just yeah, like it, it sounds so stupid and inconsequential, but oh my god, it was so good like it was it was such a well-written piece and such a great introduction of the characters and just making them all sound so unique and so different and why they all get along and that they're greater because of their differences and like that was that was really great um who's the lead in the story like who's the point of view character for it they're it doesn't jump around um they break up into teams mm -hmm. And because, like, they have, like, who can kill a watcher? It's a really short list of suspects. And so they already know who they're going after. Oh. Um, Issue like, two, done. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just like, there, there, there are four people that this could possibly be. Let's go talk to those four people. And so they break up into teams. And this was, like, one of the interesting things is the teams that they chose. And so, like, one team is Black Panther with um, Ant-Man and Emma Frost. And, like, that's just, like, not a pairing you'd see very often. And so like, because of that, uh, uh, Doctor Strange and the Punisher spending time together, you know, like that, that shit never <laughs> happens. And so like, it's really that interesting. That was a really good part though. I yeah, that, that was great because, um, you know, Punisher is doing his thing where he's torturing a criminal and Doctor Strange shows up and shows that they're not that different sometimes, like in terms of uh, like, uh, yeah, handing out justice, which was great. Like that's a moment that's never happened before at least yeah. in any Marvel book I've read. And, like, that's awesome. Like, already I'm thankful to this event for little... Uh, little things like that. Yeah, little little moments like that that really just sell it, make it seem unique, and all that stuff. It's it's great. Um, Who's writing it? Jason Aaron is writing it of scalped fame. Not and Bendis. Not Bendis. Yeah, I know. Weird, because he's been writing a lot of events recently. <laughs> um, right, right. So this one has, a, has the... I, 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 
like don't knock me for this this event has the opportunity to have a strong finish you should you would say yeah that's usually been like the weakest point in a lot of events um which you know i haven't read i've read some of them uh and uh, whatever i can't really knock for that but i feel like that's been the general sentiment is that all these big marvel events that are going and kind of teeter out towards the end mm-hmm. um but like, i don't age, know. age of ultron especially <laughs> Angela. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it just because it's Jason Aaron t- telling, like, a smaller story. Like, this isn't infinity. You know, there's not aliens coming from across the universe that may or may not have created every living thing in the in the known galaxy. There's that every, thought. Every single known galaxy. Like, there, it's not that story. It's someone was murdered. Someone who is a good person who operates on a cosmic scale, but it was done by one person. Who was it? Like that? Like that's the scope of the. Event. That's a cool premise for a story. It's, it seems like much more intimate. The world's not quite at stake yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll figure out a way to make it that way. But no, it seems like uh, seems interesting. Now, how quickly is it before uh, the Watcher comes back? <laughs> oh, you want you want to take bets on when? We yeah, let's let's get a little pool going. The uh, Uatu again. Um, I don't know. One one thing that I thought was a missed opportunity, this is like a little side stuff, is that like they're so like Uatu got murdered in the like first three pages of the book. Um, there wasn't another watcher who came to watch him get murdered. Like that was one thing that I thought was such a missed opportunity. Was this, like, is that a thing among the watchers? Like oh no, it's just like the watchers watch like things where like, like they go to events where everything's about to change irrevocably kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was first introduced when Galactus came and the, like the watcher was like, I'm here because this is happening. Galactus is coming to this planet to devour it. And this is an event of epic proportion. And I'm here to record it kind of deal. Um, and so just the fact that like some other watcher didn't come to see the watcher get murdered, uh, yeah, which, which makes there. sense because that could have easily like replaced Uatu. You know what I mean? Like that would, kind of take away from the significance, but also it would have played out the significance. Uh, it was just a, a small uh, oversight, I thought, that, you know what, they know how to tell a story much better than I do. So I, I'm not complaining. Um, right. I give it two years before it comes back. Two years? All right. So let's be back in two years. Yeah. <laughs> I say, like, uh, he'll be back within two events. Okay. Well, I, I, don't, I don't hope so either way, really, but just uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Michael. When do you think uh, Uatu will come back? I was about to say two years. So yeah, I think he. Yeah. My whole thing about them killing people off is I really don't give a shit half the time because they're just gonna come back. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just it kind of kill. It, it, just that I know they're gonna come back. It kind of kills the, the the moment for me. Like they're gonna they announced a uh, death of Wolverine or whatever. He'll be back two years after that or whatever after that. So that's kind of just that I know that has kind of killed it for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to be a bad book or whatever. Like I'm going to read it, but what's the point? Yeah. It's like, he's, he'll be back. Like you're going to kill him. He'll come back. That's it. <laughs> yeah. They're going to kill him. You'll kill him again later. Bring him back with his healing factor, which is like the Wolverine everyone knows and loves. So, like, yeah, let's, let's get closer to that point, just because I, I kind of want, want my Wolverine back, you know. How long um, has he not had the healing factor? Uh, six months, a year, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I only read the first couple issues of like the Frank Cho Wolverine book that started maybe 2012, just because I, I really like Frank Cho. Um, those issues were gorgeous. Um, but I, I haven't read like a meaty Wolverine story since. Old Man Logan, I think, <laughs> which was a great book. Um, so awesome. yeah, how, how do you guys feel about events? You know, like Forever Evil just wrapped up. Ivan, I know you're a huge it, fan. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Forever Evil not wrapped up yet. Oh, that's, yet. Oh, that's right. Well, it's just so like all, all the aftermath issues are starting to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The final seventh issue hasn't come out yet, right? Right, right. I think we still have another week or two before the last issue comes out, and. I've forgotten almost everything that happens, but I also the I remember enjoying every one of the issues, and I like the event in total, even though it's taking forever. Um, but whatever, it, it, this is my first big 
you know, line wide event. And I'm really having fun with it. I'm optimistic about it. I bought a ton of the lenticular covers last year. I'm going to buy a bunch of them this year for futures and coming on next year. So mm -hmm. uh, at least for the time being, I'm still naive about events. So, okay. Cause here's my thing. Uh, I love events, but they always drag on for too long. And so it's like, imagine watching a really good movie that lasts for like six hours. And <laughs> Pride it's like, Precious. Yeah, it's like it's a really good movie. Like Civil War was a great event, especially at the time. It was awesome. But there were so many delays on that book. Um, and the and then it's well, just like, no, because I remember buying the first issue. It came out in May 2005 maybe 2006, like it came out like then. And then I remember I was still reading like the final issue to it. It was a seven issue event. And I remember reading like the next, like the final issue, like the next February, you know? So like everything else just like oh, slows down because we're like, oh, we got to tell a story in the continuity of this and we can't deal with the fallout until it actually ends. And it's so, like, that's really frustrating. The best event I've ever read was World War Three from DC. Mm which was uh, they had a weekly book. This was their first weekly book of like the, the modern era. It was called 52. And they were just, all they were doing was building up Black Adam to be like this great character. And they killed it. Like he was amazing in that book. And then he loses everything that he loves and he goes on a fucking rampage. <laughs> and um, that coincided with, I think week 50 of 52 and they released three issues that told the entire story. So it was like a four-part story that came out all one day. Oh, wow. And so, like, that was awesome. We got the entire scope. Like, if they were to release event, like, if they made, like, a four-issue event, like Siege was, that was great. Wrapped up in four months, that was perfect. But if they took it a step further and then released, like, a four-issue event on a weekly basis damn what I love that, you know, just like really condense it, really boil it down to just like the most important bullet points and not have the traditional, well, it's just like the traditional, like, okay, we're going to talk for this issue and figure out a plan. It's like, no, just figure out the plan faster or like open up on them carrying out the plan and explaining it in narrative boxes, which you're going to do anyway, kind of deal, you know? Um, right. And so I, I was a huge fan of world war three, just for condensing everything and making it, so much easier to digest and so much more enjoyable to digest just because like I've been trade waiting for every evil and it's like not coming out until September. <laughs> You're waiting you know? a long time for that. Exactly. Like the hardcover comes out in September. I want to pick it up and trade because I don't care about hardcovers or trades. I prefer trades because they're cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, and so now I'm going to be waiting until like next January until like the actual trade comes out, you know? Um, it'll, it'll get there. Hope so. God, I hope so. Like we're starting to see uh, Lex Luthor showing up in some of the you know regular New Fifty Two books in his armor, and it's just kind of like you know what's coming out of Forever Evil. Like he's going to be the head of the Justice League, something for whatever reason. But none of the books are quite acknowledging it yet, mm -hmm. and I, that's another one of those things that kind of takes away from the implication or from the uh, consequences of all these huge events. Like same with Marvel, it's just like. It seems like the books are going on, you know, business as usual. Mm -hmm. but, no, but then you got these smaller crossover events, like uh, we'll talk about it next week, hopefully. But Superman Doomed kicked off this week with. Oh yeah, I saw you. You were the one shot, mm -hmm. and then um, Action Thirty One and Superman Wonder Woman Thirty One, and we'll talk about it next week. But that's right. that's the kind of event, that's the kind of crossover that I really like because it's going to be done next month. And they're going to move on to another story. And I feel like that's the way to do it with some of these, some of these smaller events. But cool. Know. Is that a good jumping on point? Um, Superman doomed. I, well, I feel like you you could read the one shot by itself and just stop there. And it's a good story. Cool. And for a chapter, not a chapter one of the book, but for the starting off of the event, it's just, yeah, you could totally just jump on and start reading it from there and even stay on the individual titles after that. All right, cool, cool. I'm going back to my shop this weekend, so I just want to know if it was worth picking up or not. But, yeah, we'll go into much more detail about it next week. I would love to just have you take the floor and just sing its praises. Um, <laughs> Michael, what's your experience with uh, comic book events? Um, haven't read that many events. The last event I read was Civil War, just because I heard people talk about it, and I was like, oh, it sounds cool. Uh, read through it all in one night, and I got to the end, and I didn't really feel that satisfied until I bought the epilogue issue. I was like, oh, okay. 
all right, I'm good. Because right. um, I think they sh the epilogue issue should have been part of the last issue. It just felt more hard-hitting than mm -hmm. the ending, how they ended it normally. Um, other than that, that's like the only event that really sticks out. I haven't read that many DC events. Uh, I've read, haven't read that much Marvel events. Mainly, I've just stuck to kind of trade normal, uh, normal runs. Mm -hmm. I'm reading Original Sin. I hope I like the first issue. So if it continues to be good, then that'll add to it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's something I want to add. Is like even though the first issue was kind of predictable, and like I said, there were just like a couple weird art. Not even complaints. They were they they just they just stood out as like jarring, like I said earlier. Um, I'm so there for issue two. You know, I'm so ready to see where this goes. Um, and so like that that's all that matters. You know, like it, it did its job. It kicked off the story in great fashion. I think the one thing uh, about the reason I'm excited for this is because since the Watcher knows everything, and he's dead now, I want to know what can be exploited about these characters. Like, what can we find out about them? Because he knows everything, and I have a feeling they're going to pull something where they release information. And I want to know, like, I want to find out something dark about these characters that I, like, really look up to. Mm -hmm. And I want to find out something that's, like, really dark or really bad about them or something that just kind of, like, we didn't know. So that's why I think I'm really excited. I want to know what they, what they can do with that. Even yeah. if they don't, I, I mean, it might pay off in another way, but I, that's something I want to see. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't really spoilers because they're on issue 18 or 19 now of New Avengers, but like I, I know one of the secrets that like I'm just so excited to come out is that uh, they tried bringing Captain America on board in like the first issue of New Avengers, and he just they had to destroy an Earth to save theirs, and he didn't want to do it, so they just mind wiped him right there and just oh, pretended, <laughs> pretended like they okay. never invited him. And so this is like the Illuminati's, like they tried to bring in a new member and then he just like didn't gel and they were like, later, dude. <laughs> like That's terrible. Yeah, well, same thing happened to Batman in a Identity Crisis. And that so. was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not justifying. I'm not saying like that's an okay thing to do, but like I'm just, I'm excited to see how pissed off Steve Rogers can get, you know? <laughs> Especially, oh, yeah, that, that'll be great. Yeah, so I, I am very excited for that. And uh, they've talked about Silk, who was, um, like, the spider that bit Peter Parker uh, bit someone else before it died, and it was a, a teenage girl. Oh, yeah, I heard and about so that. This is a character. Have we seen yeah. anything except for her foot? Um, kind of. It was, like, a one-page, I think, or two-page story in the beginning of Amazing Spider-Man, number mm -hmm. one, that came out. Two weeks ago, um, I saw the the spider on her foot, and then her bending down, down, and of course her face is obscured by whatever Peter's doing. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it kind of like how I met your mother, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just carrying around that umbrella. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'm excited. If there was oh, man, because like back in the day, Spider Girl, like um, like Mayday was like that was such a great book that was just like young. It was Peter Parker's daughter. Um, named after Aunt May, and she had the spider power. She inherited them. What is she in? She's in the Candy Avengers. There we go. I knew I recognized that name. Yeah, she's uh, oh, she? yeah, she's Spider on Candy Avengers. Oh, cool. Um, like if if they made like another book like that, I'd be so stoked. Cause like I, I liked Amazing Spider-Man one well enough, but like, dude, I'm I'm over Peter Parker. You know, I know anybody who is interested in Uncanny Avengers, don't hesitate. Go read it. It's really really good. Yeah, the first arc was amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. And, and the Apocalypse Twin stuff was epic. Like Rick Remender is just killing it on that book, just throwing out like the weirdest shit ever and just making it all make sense somehow. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's, yeah he's really good at that. Um, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, let's uh let's wrap this up before we go. Does anyone have like an older arc or oh, an older no. trade or something they want to talk about? What do you mean by older? Uh, well, like last week, uh, Ivan recommended his series. Um, you know, just like an like an older, like past couple of years. Kind Here's of something I can throw out. I was scrolling down Amazon. Can't mm -hmm. pick this up in a shop, but if you go on Amazon, you can get a the a normal version of Saga Volume One uh, for five bucks, and it's normally ten to fifteen. So. 
I certainly just say go get it. It's really All right. That's not what this segment is about. This segment is about recommending an older trade, but I can vouch that Saga number one is amazing and absolutely worth $5. So we'll just go ahead and stick with that for uh, for this week. Um, and we'll do a better job of bringing to you like an older, an older story that you may have missed next week. Um, that about wraps it up, wraps it up uh, from us here at uh, the pull list. I uh, hope you enjoyed this issue. We'll be back next week to talk about other books, and uh, hopefully Ben will not be driving that week. Hopefully he'll keep up fucking date to record. Um, Michael, anything you want to say before we take off? Um, have fun reading comic books. That's a good one. That's <laughs> I don't know. Can't think of anything like catchy. Yeah, no, catchphrases are overrated. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, let's just stick with that. All right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Have a wonderful day. Later.